You're listening to Breaking the Silence, a podcast by Reach 10, where we're creating a culture of courage, compassion, and connection to overcome the shame, silence, and fear that often surrounds topics such as sexuality and pornography. We're your hosts, Chriselle Simons and Creed Orm. Welcome back, listeners. We are so excited and grateful and stoked to be breaking the silence with Sarah Brewer, who is awesome. She is a life coach who helps people who are recovering from pornography. And I love that she specializes in this because, I mean, obviously, it's what we talk about on this podcast all the time, but often we need guides on this journey. And so we're just stoked to have her on the podcast and to be talking with her about different things that help us when willpower starts to fail and when we're struggling with urges and and how to be mindful through these different things. So Sarah, will you just take a second to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? So I'm Sarah Brewer. I'm a, like Chriselle said, I'm a life coach. I help people who want to quit viewing pornography. I have a podcast titled Overcome Pornography for Good. My approach is a shame-free and sex-positive approach to quitting viewing pornography. And a lot of the work I do is helping people learn how to manage their urges, which means just how to deal with their urges instead of just willpower. It's a lot more mindful. Yeah. That's awesome. And I am really excited, especially to, to break the silence on managing urges, because I think that sometimes urges are sneaky, but they're also often like pervasive. They keep coming back mm-hmm. at random times. So this is going to be so, so good. So what is an urge? Can you help us understand what exactly that is and maybe what yeah. that feels like for people? Yeah. So another word for urge is desire. It's just the desire that you feel when you want to go look at pornography or desire, right? You have urges to eat sugar or urges to scroll Instagram, right? Just urges is like a strong desire to do something. Perfect. I love that. And I'm so glad you defined that because, yeah, I think that just clears things up for us. Mm -hmm. We have urges to do things all of the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a good thing. It's a good thing. So what about when we have an urge to do a behavior that we don't want to have a part of our lives anymore, like pornography? Yeah. So there's a couple ways of handling these urges when they come up. Most of us are only aware of two ways to do it, which is either willpower. So no, 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 go away, go away, go away. Like with pornography specifically, you have an urge, you have a desire to go view pornography and you're like, no, go away. I got to willpower myself out of this. I have to run away from this. I have to push it down, push it away or just reacting to it, which is just answering it and giving into the urge. Oh, I have this desire to go look at pornography. All right, let's do it. You know, there's those two ways. The thing about willpower and anyone who's tried to quit pornography will will know what I'm talking about is with willpower, when you're trying to push it down and push it away, it usually comes back stronger. I like to explain it like holding a beach ball underwater. What happens when you hold a beach ball underwater? It just wants to pop up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, Creed. And so there's another way to manage these urges. It's not like, oh, well, the only other option is just going, giving into viewing it. There's another option, which is allowing that feeling to be there, allowing that urge to be there, allowing it to go through your body and feel it and feel the discomfort of it without 
giving into it. I like to explain this and use the example of a toddler as well, right? We can hear a toddler scream. There's a toddler screaming next to us because he wants a candy bar and he wants that candy bar and he wants you to give it to him now. And you can scream back at the toddler and you can go throw the toddler in a room or you can just give him the candy bar and just say, just be quiet. Here's your candy bar. Or you can just allow him to scream at you and it's uncomfortable and it's not fun, but eventually he stops screaming because he knows he's not getting that candy bar. It's a very simple concept, but it's not necessarily always easy to do is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. So in the context of having an urge to view pornography, how does that kind of look? So we feel an urge Mm -hmm. to view pornography. So the idea is to, instead of just stuffing that urge down, Mm -hmm. waiting for it to pop back up with greater force later, and instead of giving into it, what would you tell someone right in that moment? What are they exactly mm-hmm. supposed to feel, I guess? Yeah. So a big principle here is to kind of go back to that question of what is an urge. And I gave Chrishell a really simple definition that it's just desire. But if we go into it a little bit more, what is desire? All desire is, is a feeling. And all a feeling is, is a vibration in your body. So sometimes we get confused and we think that feelings are irresistible and feelings are really difficult. Feelings aren't really difficult or really irresistible. Resisting those feelings are. Okay. So if an urge is just a vibration in your body, these are the three steps that I have people go through when they're learning how to, I call this processing an urge. That's the terminology I use to process an urge instead of willpowering an urge. So when they're learning how to do this, I have them stop, drop, and breathe. And so what that looks like is first stopping and noticing that you're feeling an urge. Sometimes this is hard. Sometimes my clients have a hard time just stopping in the first place and admitting to themselves that they're feeling an urge. Second is drop. And what that means is dropping into your body and finding where this urge is. So if you think about different emotions than desire, like happy or sad How do happy or sad feel in your body? How do they feel different in your body? What would you say? I like this question. I think it's a really good one because, yeah, they feel totally different. Like happy feels quicker and more exciting and Mm. it has a lot more energy. Whereas like sadness is often like very, I'm just even just trying to describe like the feeling, right? It's more it's like slower and even denser like it's mm-hmm. it sits different yeah good so i love that you use like such descriptive words like happy is a little bit i don't know if you said lighter or more more bouncier sadness is denser and it feels tighter so i have my clients drop into their body where are you feeling this urge if you haven't done this before it's kind of a weird thing to do but right we have all the thoughts in the head like i can't do this i have to give into this i need it i need it i need it i want you to drop out of those thoughts in your head go into your body for a moment where do you feel this urge where specifically do you feel this urge in your body sometimes my clients say in their chest sometimes they say it's in my gut sometimes it's in my neck and in my shoulder so find where you feel it and then like Chriselle just did like how would you describe that A lot of the words my clients use are, and it's going to be different for everyone, right? But sometimes they say it feels really tight. It feels like something's pulling me. It feels maybe dense. It feels bubbly or staticky. And so you find that sensation and then you breathe into that sensation 
You just let yourself be with that sensation. And it's the same way that you might process grief. If you're feeling grief, instead of trying to push the grief away, you let yourself really sit with that grief. It's a similar process. I love this. And what a great tool because that's doable. Like it's it's not something like unattainable, but it's also like in, in doing what you just said totally brings you to a place where you can choose what you want to do with that urge right? rather than just going on autopilot and not being aware of what you're doing and where it's coming from. You're Mm -hmm. now taking a second and you're sitting with what you're feeling and you're taking control of your life by choosing what you actually want. And, Mm -hmm. and maybe, you know, maybe the urge is a good urge, right? Like it's a good urge, like go drink water or, or, or do something that does feel scary, but is going to be good for you in the long run. Mm -hmm. And those are good things. Right. Mm -hmm. But maybe the urge is something that, yeah, you don't want in your life anymore, like pornography or just mindlessly scrolling Instagram or fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you can choose again. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. So did maybe I missed it or maybe it it would be helpful to cover it again, but we talked about stop drop. What about the breathing part? So is there a specific way that is most helpful for breathing while sitting in with that feeling or what are your thoughts on that? I mean, there are different breathing techniques that you can use from different mindfulness studies. I don't talk about one specifically. The main idea here is when we're resisting emotion, you can see my shoulders, like we, we tend to like be tense and really tight. And so breathing into it just helps us remember to relax and to allow it instead of trying to resist it and trying to make it go away. It's just a way of like relaxing yourself into it. And two, when you breathe into it, it helps it loosen up a little bit so it can go away quicker. Mm -hmm. I always find when with any emotion, really, I find if I like stop myself, I'm not really breathing. Mm, (laughs) And so I think just bottom line, just breathe, right? Essentially, right? Mm -hmm. Just, Just feel into it, give yourself some good breaths. And that helps you sit in with the feeling, helps it let it pass. Is that mm-hmm. kind of the idea? Yeah, it will pass. It mm-hmm. will pass if you do this. But I say that with the but, like the goal of practicing this isn't to make it pass. As soon as you find yourself in the headspace, like I need this to go away, I need this to go away, you're back into that resistance mode. The goal here is just to get really good at feeling that urge and feeling the discomfort, right? It's not comfortable. That's why we try to get rid of it by looking at pornography. It's not comfortable. And so we want to increase our ability to feel that discomfort. And if you can do that with porn, you can do that with anything. (laughs) You can do that with anything. I love this so much. And I keep thinking about that analogy that you used with the toddler. Yeah. My favorite thing about children is that they're easily, like, you can help redirect things. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, is that true with urges too. When we notice an urge and we take the time to sit with it, can we then redirect the urge? Yeah. Is that helpful? That's an amazing question. And absolutely. Is that helpful? Yeah. So absolutely. Absolutely. So that's, that's another thing, you know, our, our urges, they, they get stronger when we have thoughts, our thoughts create stronger urges. Some of the things I mentioned, you know, I, I really want it. I need it. I need this now. Like I, I need to decompress. I deserve it. You know, all these thoughts. And so if, if you're listening to those, 
instead of redirecting them, that urge is going to stay longer and it's going to be stronger and it's going to be, you know, really hard. So I, I do teach my clients to at least have answers to those thoughts and have a way to redirect, right? So I really want it. Like, is that true? Like, I might really want it right now, but what do I really want? Just kind of redirect your brain. My future self doesn't want this and I'm willing to feel uncomfortable right now for my future self or I need it. Like, is that true? Do we really need this? Maybe not. We don't need this or I deserve it. Is that true? Do I deserve this or do I deserve a life without porn? Do I deserve to show myself that I really can live without this? So yeah, absolutely. The redirection. Really like that. And I even like the the reframe of the thoughts coming, right? Like mm-hmm. I deserve this. Okay. What else do you deserve? You know, like what would be the opposite of maybe that urge? That's yeah. that's a really cool skill as well. Yeah. So I love this analogy also of I just love your analogies. I think they're really great. Of the beach ball. Mm-hmm. And like pushing the beach ball down. Yeah, I think that's a really good analogy for the willpower because, you know, we're all pretty strong and probably pretty stubborn, mm-hmm. but so are beach balls. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So right. to, to think talk, about it, like the yeah. lower you hold it in the water, the higher it, it pops up too. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And so how do we reconcile maybe like our willpower and our choices and, and this whole dealing with urges. Yeah. So the main idea here is that we're just trying to operate from a different energy, right? We still want to have discipline. Absolutely. But we can exercise discipline from a place of like, instead of go away, go away, go away, go away. I'm willing to experience this feeling and not choose to act on it. And that gives you a lot more power over it. It makes it a lot easier to handle the urges. Sometimes when I talk about this, people think this is like way too hard. It's easier to willpower. It's not. It's always easier just to sit with it and feel it. You just have to be willing to try it and practice it. I like that a lot. I like imagine someone taking the beach ball, looking at the beach ball, and then like placing it to the side rather than trying to hide it, right? That's beautiful. Is that something that someone's going to have to do like their entire lives for the rest of eternity? Or is this like something that gets easier? Yeah, that's a great question because that's one of the big messages around pornography is this is something you have to struggle with for the rest of your life. This is just going to be something that is always there and always bugging you. And I really have my clients question that too, because the truth is there are people who have struggled with this in the past and don't struggle with it anymore. It doesn't have to be something that defines your life forever or defines your struggles forever. You know how the brain works is, I don't want to get too much into this, but just really simply, you have a basic reward system and your brain is really used to the dopamine that it gets from pornography. But just because it's used to all that dopamine right now doesn't mean it has to be used to it forever. And so the more that you do this and you sit with the urge without responding to it, the more your brain doesn't need all that dopamine anymore. And it's not as difficult forever. And the more you practice it, the better you get. You know, I tell my clients, it's just like a river of misery. You have to go through this river of misery for a while where it is really hard, but it's not going to be this hard forever. If you're just willing to keep going, keep learning and stop giving your brain um, the rewards from screaming at you. I've listened to some 
awesome life coach podcasts as well that talk about this idea. And I want to just bring up real quick, oftentimes we don't want to sit with the feeling because we fear the feeling. Have you done much thought or do you know much about that that you can talk about where sometimes we fear feeling these feelings when all they are feelings and it's okay. Like they won't harm us. Right. Yeah. That comes up a lot. It's like, I don't want to feel these feelings. And whenever that happens, I, I take my clients through a little bit of an exercise. Well, what's a specific feeling that you are afraid of feeling? So one is shame. My clients are afraid of feeling shame. They hate the feeling of shame. So I ask them, okay, what does shame feel like? And sometimes they'll tell me, it feels like I'm not good enough. It feels like I'm failing everything in my life. And I stop them and I say, those are the thoughts, but really let's go into your body. What does shame feel like in your body? So they'll tell me, I ask them, what, where is shame in their body? And they tell me it's in my chest or it's in my gut. It feels like emptiness in my gut. Then I have them explain it to me, like pretending like I'm an alien. I've never felt shame before. I don't know what shame feels like. Please explain to me what this thing is that you're so afraid of feeling. Why are you so afraid of feeling shame? They're like, well, it's just this feeling in my gut and it feels really heavy and it feels really sharp. If I'm an alien, I'm like, oh, it feels sharp. Like something's going to poke out your belly and you're going to bleed out. They're like, no, no, it's not like that. It just feels that way. I'm like, okay, what else? What's so awful about this feeling? Well, it feels really deep, feels really deep and just endless. Like there's an endless hole in your stomach. It just feels really deep. And I have them keep going, well, it feels really tight. And when we can really strip down our feelings to what it is at that most basic level, these adjectives, you know, I ask them, why is this such a terrible thing? Can we sit with tightness? Can we sit with heaviness? Can we sit with sharpness? It's not hurting us physically. It doesn't feel good but is there anything to really fear here? Or is it just this sensation? Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. And it brings me to a follow-up question, if that's okay, mm-hmm. is how long should we sit with the feeling before moving on to a different task? Because mm-hmm. of course, mindfulness takes time that is worth it to give into it throughout the day, just to pause and realize what's going on, stop, drop, and breathe. But when should we move on? When should we start with our next task? Thoughts about that? That's a great question too, because sometimes clients will be like, well, now I just have to sit here for four hours (laughs) breathing into this. And no, like once you kind of get the hang of it, I I want you to stop and really do it mindfully the first couple of times while you're trying to figure out how to do it. But then after that, I mean, I process emotion like this when I'm doing dishes, you know, I process emotion like this when I'm driving, when I'm doing a lot of things, you don't have to just be sitting there. Like I said before, the most important thing is that you're not going and trying to do something to just get rid of it and just to push it away. Right. So yeah, go work out, go on a run and bring that feeling with you. Like it's just kind of sitting in your back pocket for the day. Don't go on your run to make it go away. That's when we get into the resisting energy. And I think if we go along with that, at least in my experience, I've kind of felt like while I sit with something for a little bit and then I go do something else, I kind of forget about it until it comes up again. I'm not sure if that's a good or bad thing, but I feel like when it comes up, just, just let it flow and then it'll move on. If it comes back, let it flow. 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, it'll go away when you start thinking about different things. And it's really fascinating when you start to start noticing your thoughts that are causing the urges and bringing the urges on stronger, you'll notice you'll have a little thought during the day. That's like, Oh, remember this is an option. It's an option for me to go look at this stuff. And then you'll feel the desire again. And then maybe you process and you breathe through it and then you get distracted and are thinking of something else. And then you notice that thought coming again. It just becomes something that's more interesting and oh, look, what I'm thinking is bringing a lot of these urges too. That's really fascinating. Instead of something's terribly wrong, something's horrible. Perfect. Thank you for putting that all into perspective. And I really think we can be okay with sitting with those feelings. Even if we fear feeling those feelings, we can sit with that fear for a little bit. Moving through it, but not trying to get rid of it, right? Yes, exactly. Thank you for that. Yeah. This is so awesome, Sarah. We are so grateful for your willingness to share some like real tools that are incredibly helpful. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. As one of our final questions, I would love to ask you, I, I saw on your website, there's many testimonials from your clients mm-hmm. about how this work has helped them. Just in either your client's experience, or your personal experience, what does it look like when you get pretty good at doing the stop, drop, and breathe, being mindful, managing these urges. What does that look like when people get good with that? Well, they stop being afraid. That's one of the biggest first things is they stop being so afraid that they're going to have this urge because they're like, I can have these urges and I know what to do with them. Start to feel in control and then really choose what they want to do with their life from a place, you know, from their higher brain instead of just you know, the lower brain that's always telling us we want the dopamine and we want the reward. Perfect. Great outcomes, confidence, more control in your life. Mm -hmm. You can choose to do what you want to do instead of using pornography when you don't want to use that. So, yeah. And then of course, like bringing down a lot of that over desire that a lot of us have with pornography, bringing down a lot of the urges after you do it for long enough, do it enough times. Mm -hmm. Lovely. But this is so hopeful. Right. Like we don't have to be stuck in our patterns forever. <laughs> we can change. Right. Porn isn't going away, but that doesn't mean we have to struggle with it forever. Beautiful. Beautiful. I also feel like when you can come to this place where you like recognize the urge and you sit with it and you like allow it to be there and pass, we can also learn to love ourselves. Like that's a place of like self-acceptance and ownership. That's really beautiful and free. Yeah. So well said. And absolutely. Yeah. Cause so many people hate themselves for having the urges. Right. When like we're born with those sexual desires and urges like that's a god-given beautiful gift it's a good thing and like of course you do it means your brain's working correctly hallelujah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so beautiful so is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners anything you haven't been able to express quite yet or (laughs) yeah just just feel free to come and follow me on instagram if you'd like sarah brewer coaching i have a free training on my website that you're welcome to come sign up to view too it's 45 minutes and we dive into a little bit more so awesome Awesome. We'll definitely link those in our show notes and on our resources page. We are so grateful for you, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing such awesome tools that are real and helpful and will 
help us all be better people. Yeah. Thank you. I loved being here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence by Reach 10. Help us create a new culture of connection by sharing what you heard today with at least 10 people. Please help us reach more young adults by going to iTunes to rate and review our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Reach 10 is a nonprofit. You can help support this podcast by donating on our website and following us on social media. We share these views to open the dialogue on these tough issues. We are not professionals, and the ideas shared on this podcast should not be taken as professional advice. The opinions and views that our hosts and guests share do not necessarily reflect the views of Reach 10, and we don't guarantee the accuracy of any statements you hear. Reach 10 is not responsible for your use of information heard on this podcast. We keep learning and invite you to join us as we build a more open, compassionate, and courageous culture.